All right, guys. So, you know, the Advanced Players guys has been out for a minute now. And I know we really haven't talked about it because it takes a little bit of time to digest. There's just a lot in there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the, Richard, can I, uh, it, what wanna, is it? No, the, what's it called? The Advanced Players Guide, Sean. Advan- what is that? Uh, it's, a, it's a new book for Pathfinder Second Edition. Well, uh, the, it's it's like the Player's Guide, but it's advanced. So you know how you're a player, uh, right? Yes. Uh huh. This is another like a like another like a picture book, or it, it's a. Uh, there are pictures in it. Yes. Okay, but you see, Sean, when you love a game, you yes. give it money to support it. it. Doesn't sound right, Brad. I mean, can't you find that stuff on the internet for free? <laughs> they give you content. Oh so, my god, we just got so, banned by Paizo. <laughs> this is the Adventurer's Vault. Follow our epic journeys and hear amazing tales. Join our heroes as they bravely face grave dangers and mysterious evils in distant and unknown lands. Be sure to visit our website, theadventurersvault.com for episodes, links, and show notes. Music and sounds provided by Sirenscape. And now, it's time to open The Adventurer's Vault. Another rulebook? Go to the archives of Nethys. Oh, I'll see uh, that seems. I, I say that one because that's like they have an official deal yeah, they with gotta, them. They gotta do that it. one's official. The, what was it, the D20 RPG one or whatever? Uh, is Path Builder 2 official yet? Um, I think it is. I think they finally made that one. Okay. That one, there's some sort of a deal there that they're not taking. Because like I said, there used to be another very popular website that they made strip all everything out of it. So it's still there, but like all of the feats are named something different and all the, <laughs> the classes are named something different. It's like the intellectually distinct. Guys, I don't know how comfortable I feel with this idea of a, another rule book. I mean, it's been like a year since the last one was released. How How is one to keep up? You know, it, it's a lot of a lot of stuff to fit in one brain. I uh, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 all the rules one needs is probably is clearly in the core rule book. I don't I don't see the point of this new thing. What and kind of witchcraft? Do you have this? all the rules yeah. memorized from the core? I don't, I don't. I don't have the basic rules memorized from the core. I am constantly surprised by shit my character can do. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? Shit, I can... Oh, that's a great spell. I <laughs> you just leave it, leave it to us. Well, <laughs> Please like, tell me what I need to do. Grandpa Boomer over here is like, oh, I had the core rule book back in my day, and we were happy with it. We, we liked them focus spells. They were great. Hard to find. <laughs> but I only had one character, and if he died, I screamed at the GM till he was alive again. <laughs> we called right. that resurrection. <laughs> we didn't need no diamonds for it, neither. Yeah, expensive diamonds. Was, yeah. All right. Pull so, out my shotgun. Do you guys have any, what, what's like, what, what is your leader? What's your favorite thing now of the APG? Are what? there any rules in it to screw over the DM? Because we could sure use some of those. No, those are homebrew. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> now, I, there's, a, there's a lot that stood out to me. Um, I, I really like the Oracle and uh, Witch classes. I feel like really all of, all of the classes I think are interesting and bring something new, some a little bit more than others. Um, I'm extremely disappointed as an int based class that I can't multi class into inquis uh not inquisitor no. uh into uh, um investigator and take the the class feature to add your int to an attack roll. Mm-hmm. Um they have a class feature that lets you it's like you pre roll the attack and you can add your int modifier to it, but if you multi class into it you cannot get the int modifier feature, which would help a lot, I think, for Alchemist as a class who already kind of struggles with having to be multi 
score dependent compared to some other classes. But so what I you're will. saying is Alchemist is so bad it has to take shit from other classes to even be <laughs> somewhat effective. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can see him like trying to form an argument well, against that. Oh god, coming I, up with nothing. I never saw that look from Ethan before. <laughs> I, say, I, I think we just saw a friendship ended. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Tittering <laughs> on like extreme rage and like despair. <laughs> I mean, I'm taking level in barbarian now, bitch. <laughs> Someone calculate all the splash damage I've I've done. And then from here on out, calculate all the splash damage I'm going to do to you. <laughs> oh, He's not even yeah, weird. Like, I've never fucking taken splash damage from you before. Yeah, but before it was consensual. <laughs> Statutory splash damage. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it was fun having a podcast. Yeah, there it goes. How did it end? Oh, TPK. Oh, well, Monster did it. Human. <laughs> they did it. Our own hubris. Our own hubris. Oh no, man! What else you got? Who's got uh, in your? I, I do also love how Asimar and uh, Tieflings are our ancestry is not um, woo, woo. not like races. So you mm. can be in like an orc Asimar or uh, or like a kobold Tiefling. You know, like <laughs> what? What you, you didn't notice that? Oh fuck! Yeah, <laughs> no, you can the same way like fuck. half elf and half orc are like ancestry attachments for for humans. Fuck my backup character. <laughs> yeah, the same with the same with uh, Dampier and uh, ooh, what's the other one? The uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. The, the uh, psychopomp, yeah, influenced oh, ones. I want to say like a oh, Gravewalk or something. We're that so real, it's just we're yeah. so intimately familiar with this book that we all we've all, di- we've all completely digested it. it. Yes, I also yeah that would that would have been a smart idea. I didn't get past medic. Medic is fucking hot. So now it's oh, like, yeah. oh, I'm an Inquisitor medic. Oh, I'm a Barbarian medic. Oh, I'm a Wizard medic. I'm yeah. a Cleric medic. As medic, a, medic, 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 medic. As a general yeah. rule, most of the archetypes like aren't attached to a specific class. Like Anybody mm-hmm. can take it. And I love that because if you want any concept, you're like, I want this, but with an animal companion. You can yeah. do it. I want this, but with a mount. I want this, but with a... like just the archetypes are almost open to everybody. Now, yeah. some obviously steer more into one thing than the other, mm-hmm. but so much of that is just open to everybody. You can yeah. be like, I want to be a wizard sentinel. Go a, for it. And a lot of them don't have ability score prerequisites like multiclassing does, so that can get you stuff like certain proficiencies, like if you want to be good with bows, bam, take archer. There's no there's no ability score requirement mm-hmm. compared to multiclassing into like a ranger or something, which isn't even specifically archery like focused, you know, when you think about it. So... Yeah, there, there's a couple that are really broadly applicable, like Beastmaster, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like you can do that with any class, and it would work. Yeah, there's nothing stopping you. You could be an Oracle Beastmaster. You yeah. could you could be a Sorcerer Beastmaster, a Fighter Beastmaster. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's right there. Scout, I thought was a real standout for me. I like Scout. of like like rogues already get a couple of options to like you know chisel down the action economy in their favor, like move and attack, move and draw a weapon, but Man, you like move twice and sneak. Oh fuck! Yeah, I mean, it's... or like faint and then attack in one action. Oh my god! Yeah, that's, that's great. That's one of the first ones is where they get to uh, stride, faint, and attack. Yes, that's as the two one. actions. That's the one. It's that's crazy well, powerful. And then they you take the rogue one that allows you to strike and stride uh, as mm-hmm. an as an action, and like you get some crazy maneuverable rogue. You know, that's highly, you know, damage efficient. Oh, yeah. that's That one stands out to me so much for Rogue that it's like, if you don't take it, 
what the fuck are you doing? No, it's, it's pretty solid. Like, it's the only one that I read that I'm like, why would you not? It, it reminds me of some of those, uh, those archetypes and multi-classing stuff that was going around in 3.5. I remember, you know, rogues with thief acrobat and, mm -hmm. and you know, it's Which like, the acrobat's an archetype now. Yeah, mm -hmm. Right. But it's like, I'll be anywhere I want to on that field. And you know, you yeah. can't, you can't stop me. And, uh, the, um, and when you think about it, I mean, obviously, this is still a, a it's a tactical miniatures game. It's all about placement. And when you have the capability of, of having your character be in the exact right spot, I mean, it just adds amazing mm -hmm. capabilities. I mean, and overall, I think my favorite thing is as much as there's some amazing options and some fun stuff to do here, like the power creep is super minimal. Because while all those things are cool, you are giving up other good things to do it. Yeah. You have to make the hard choices. Now, you can steer towards things. And like I said, the scout, I think, is a, a bit of a clear standout. But you could take any of these archetypes and make a wonderful character. Yeah. Some of them, I think, stand out not just as far as, like, archetypes to, like, add something to a class, but are almost, like, defining features, like the, um, the one with spell scrolls. Oh, where yeah. you're, like, taking yeah. scraps of spell scrolls. And using those to like cast cantrips and stuff. It's super thematic and is the kind of thing you could kind of build a whole character around. Well, yeah. And I, you know, the, I, I wonder if they weren't drawing from, um, was that a Dave Gross novel? Sean, you know this one. Or, yeah. With, uh, uh -huh. uh, yeah. What was his name? Radovan? Yeah. Uh -huh. the character's name? He's got the spell mm -hmm. flip books. Um, yeah. Where he, he, they kind of, the, yeah, the yeah, riff, riffle scrolls. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. That was. Radovan was his, um, his assistant. The, the tiefling assistant guy. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, so I wonder if they weren't kind of drawing from that. But at the same time, you know, the ability to make any two scrolls a day, it's pretty powerful, actually, just mm -hmm. especially for, a, a you know, a few feats. Now, it's never going to be the, the thing that, you know, because you're not getting a high-level fireball or chain lightning out of it. But you're getting that versatility of being able to, no, I have that scroll. Like, you know, it would be perfect right here is a sea invisibility. Okay, well, I've got it. Mm -hmm. Particularly if you're in a campaign where you never get any fucking treasure <laughs> what, what, whatsoever. Treasure? Yeah, what, what I, no that, clue. Right. It's a word I heard the other day. Mm, yeah, I, it doesn't sound familiar. Uh, I get magic items taken away from me. <laughs> you still have the <laughs> item. <laughs> well, it's still there. You still have the, the sickle is still in your hand, in your possession. Maybe if you hadn't <laughs> chosen to fireball your friends repeatedly during that whole sequence, that wouldn't have happened. Look, some mistakes were made. <laughs> I don't I don't see the need to go throwing around blame. I would blame the demons. <laughs> yes, it's all their fault. I yeah. can't believe some demons were sowing some discord. Just, just like always, I'll be blaming my my misfortune on demons. Yeah, that's what I said before AA too. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, you got anything that you're uh, excited about in that new book? Um, so although I really do love the Oracle and the Witch, they do look very interesting. Um the personally for me the swashbuckler and the investigator look way more interesting for me i mean i know a lot of that with those with those four new classes is like completely personal preference i mean all of them are perfectly viable but like the swashbuckler kind of fits that role of you're playing a fighter not because you're the primary damage dealer of the team but like if you've got another damage dealer on your team like if you've got a barbarian with the swashbuckler swashbuckler just gets in their face and distracts them disarm everything like that and the barbarian can just Bonk, bonk, mm -hmm. whack yeah. away. They all four do seem to fit a like in between slot between mm -hmm. certain classes without feeling like a multi class of the two. Which, when I saw Swashbuckler was its own class and not like an archetype of a rogue, mm -hmm. which it is in in D and D fifth, I was like, that seems a little weird. But it's got some it's got some interesting mechanics, including mm -hmm. a whole uh, uh, what what's the the whole system they have the panache system? I yeah, think it panache. is. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really well fleshed out. It doesn't feel That's tacked thing. on. They each kind of really do have their own set of mechanics, which mm-hmm. is why I say they're probably a little crunchier. But it's for those people who want that extra crunch, because the investigator, I think, is the one that's the hardest to wrap your head around how that actually is going to function and play out in a game or even in a combat, because it is just such a different approach than what we've ever seen before. But once you kind of figure out like what you're going to do in those situations and what the, the things that can come out of it, suddenly you're like, oh, oh, that's actually really cool. But when you first read through it, you're like, yeah, but how do I hit things? I'm starting to feel like you guys think fighter is boring. Feel feel a little attacked. You know, I th- that is actually exactly the opposite of how I feel these days, and I'll tell you why. Because I I'm running a fighter in a different campaign, and it's really the first time that I've had an opportunity to look at, mm-hmm. at the core rulebook fighter. And you know what? What a wonderful wonderful class in terms of all the various options and things that you could do, different ways that you can go. I I um I'm I'm so happy with them. I've got a little bit of a beef because I think that the way that they do unarmed attacks and how they don't count as weapon attacks and therefore that mm. screws up some of the fighter feats and so that bugs mm-hmm. me. But that said, um, I'm, I'm like, like I am so excited to be playing a fighter in that other campaign these days. Um, what a great class. Well, yeah. you, you can build it completely different than Roddy. Like, yeah. like Roddy. Oh, of course I would do that. I yeah, mean, yeah. Come on. And even with some of the new fighter options available in the APG, yeah. um, you know, you can, I actually, I, I love the theory craft characters. So I made an Asimar, uh, fighter wizard who uh, basically just has the staff stuff going on. Um, so his primary weapon is just the staff. And so it, it, surprised, it worked out surprisingly well. You Gandalf. Just, you made Gandalf. Um, sort of. I was going for the idea because people were saying that I was reading they're like, it's harder to make the Gish characters. So yeah. I'm like, well, let's see. What, what can I get to? And really, honestly, just uh, straight up fighter where you have to go full multi-class and say like wizard. Um, but then give, I mean, staff's a, a D8 two-handed weapon um you can do some fun stuff especially when you get levels extra levels of spells and you can really add a lot to that staffs and suddenly you know you are you're like i'm i have a staff of evocation i'm going to hit you with it and then cast fireball on your your npcs and so to be clear you went fighter and then multi-class wizard archetype wizard or you went the other way i actually built them both ways and i preferred the fighter wizard um it just seemed a little harder the other way, but you can totally do it. You're just, mm-hmm. one is more wizard, one is more, I run up. And the concept I had was I want somebody to be a little more fightery with the versatility. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could totally just build a staff wizard because they'd have the new staff wizard they added. Mm-hmm. Um, and which has an interesting mechanic as well. And then just take some fighter feats to make you a little more fightery. So speaking of new stuff they added for the core classes, is there anything... Mm-hmm that you guys saw that stood out to you as a cool option for the class you're currently playing? Not so much as for the fire feats. There was an elf thing that was baller, and I can't remember what it was. Um, hold on. By the way, while you're looking, I just want to say something. And it was like, uh, I actually really do uh, want to praise the accomplishments of Roddy the Fighter because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we're not a, a heavy combat class. I mean, um, I, I purposely made um, my guy to be able to to get in and, and uh, smack people around a little bit, but so often I'm, I, you know, I've got, I'm relegated to the role of, of healing, and which is cool. That's part of the deal. But, um, you know, Roddy brings the, the hurt on a regular basis. There's been several combats where our entire strategy has been like, Roddy, go fuck him up. Well, we'll it, heal him. We'll support him. No, it, it, it works because it's like, often it's like, well, Roddy, you just took 58 damage. <laughs> and then like Becker will heal like 48 of it. And I'm like, 
Okay, this works. I'm a fucking ping pong ball. Yeah, like up, you're, down, you're, up, you're down. You're up and down a lot. Yeah, but like at yeah. least Becker can keep me fucking in it, man. Like you bring the fucking heels. This is the only time we're ever going to compliment each other. The, I was going <laughs> to say, yeah, for, for the rest of the, the uh, you are worthless twit. Um, Someone's going to be like, is this the April Fool's episode? <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, they're being nice. Who, who are you? What have you done? What have you done with Sean and Brad? Uh, get out of my skin suit. Now you can see I'm a doppelganger. Lizard. <laughs> You, you know, one of um, one of the I think a little bit sleeper archetypes that I liked was the Viking. I yeah. I w- yes. So I came Preach up with on, an idea, brother. and actually this goes back to our friend Ken because Ken mm-hmm. and I had conversations. I think Ken had this with more people than me, but he really loved the idea of the switch hitter, somebody who could do ranged and then wade in to you know melee when necessary. Mm. Could kind of go back and forth, and since you have the nice returning runes, I thought the Viking was a great option to make this kind of switch hitter, but instead of with a bow, you have like a throwing axe or a throwing hammer. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it actually works really well. Uh, obviously, they're a little nautical themed, but the the abilities they have are great for that going back and forth between range with say, like a, a throwing hammer and a battle axe. And then their interesting shield mechanic where when your shield mm-hmm. gets broken, you can almost instantly pull out another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be great. At one point, once upon a time, Pathfinder 1.0, um, I had a, this idea of running a Viking sort of campaign and certain, like a number of character classes would be prohibited. So most of them, in fact, but you could, you could still play somebody like you'd have a, you could be a scald. Um, mm-hmm. You could be an, uh, an Oracle. You could be a, um, oh gosh, a brawler. You could be yeah. a fighter still. Barbarian. But, yeah. All, all those, you know, that, that fit in very thematically with it. I, I you know, probably a sorcerer as opposed to a wizard, you know, it's just innate <laughs> stuff. And, um, and then just, um, because I think that'd be great. And I also think everybody would just get into that. Just like, yeah, we're fucking Vikings, man. We're going to pillage. We're going to, you know, go slay a giant fire monster in the mountains. So no gunslinger is what I'm hearing. Yeah, no gunslinger. <laughs> Actually, you know what I thought would be interesting is for that campaign, we'd let one one character be kind of the outsider. You know? Oh, the 13th warrior. 13th exactly. Yeah. He could be the, the, the fish out of water, and, and but only one. That's it. You got one. Everybody else is a damn Viking. I w- yeah, I'd love that. But I also would want to be that guy, the outsider. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's such a great movie. That's a, that's one of those ones that I have to watch it every you know, oh, yeah, no, five or six like, months. Good, good there, book. It's Beowulf. There, there yeah, right, is yeah. one god, and his name is Allah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Is it true you could write sounds or draw <laughs> draw sounds, whatever you said? Yeah. Such a good it, it really was Barbarian Viking. Grog make fire. I mean, it's about Crichton book, so I'm already loving because he's my favorite author. But like, he's good. Maybe not his best movie, but dude, I fucking love watching it. No, oh, it's such a good movie. It really yeah. is. It's a it's a genuinely good movie, and that's mm-hmm. that's part of the deal. It's not like well, because so many of the of the movies I love aren't great movies, really. It's just yeah. that you love them. <clears throat> And that one, I think, genuinely holds up. I mean, that's... no, there was some solid acting down there. The action sequences were done well. It was tense, even suspenseful at times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, it was funny. It, it, it puts this weird place in like sort of historical ish fiction. Yeah, because this is essentially his delve into what Beowulf might have, like what might have realistically happened that turned into the epic poem Beowulf, mm-hmm. and that's kind of his. I guess you could say thought experiment. Mm-hmm. So it, it has this weird historical context to it uh, without actually being historical fiction. It, mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. And, and we really don't think, like, most people don't think about, like, the Muslim world interacting with Vikings. But it did. Yeah. Like, it did, they yeah. were all over the place, <laughs> man. Yeah. Like, and finding more and more uh, evidence of trade, mm-hmm. um, you know, way up north and, you know, in Celtic lands. And, yeah, that's the thing. Like, we don't know that it happened this way, but this is his looking at history looking at beowulf and saying what 
could have happened or that fits with everything we know mm-hmm. that would be legit and that and you get this wonderful book and movie the book's really good too by the way i need to, and it's years mm-hmm. of the dead isn't it well they yeah. renamed it they actually oh, yeah. renamed it and republished it after the movie as the 13th warrior but yeah oh, no um, so you, if you look at now a lot of the copies you'll get would say 13th warrior it, but it was originally published it's like a shortest book too like it's, it's really not yeah, that long short. It's not. yeah it's like a journal really i need to read that one that that uh there's there's a number of Crichton books that that i like that i've read but i haven't read a lot of them. Did you read the the pirate one that came I, out after his death? I own the pirate one, mm-hmm. and, and and it's funny because it's like oh, and it's I put it away somewhere and I don't know where it is, so I own it. I need to dig it out. I keep I, forgetting about it. I finished it in a night. Oh, was that good? It, I mean, like it's not as obviously it wasn't as polished as all of his books. Yeah, it was a page turner though. Mm-hmm. Like it was like every chapter was like all right, this ends, and then here's some more shit. I'm like fuck, I gotta read that. I finished it in a night because okay. I, I couldn't put it down. Wasn't it like it was it was unpublished, obviously, but was he working on it and then he, he died? He or was, was working just, on it, set away. He 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 didn't get to finish it. He died. Uh-huh. Like they cleaned it up a little bit, finished it, but yeah. like. A half-written Michael Crichton book is still better than most yeah. people's finished products. Entertaining stuff. So his movies, uh, some of them are good, some of them are bad. None of them are bad. I don't know. Congo uh, is pretty rough. Pretty sucks on toast. <laughs> oh, I love Congo. <laughs> no, and Jimmy Buffett's in it. And yeah. say it's terrible. So, but like, uh, Bruce Campbell too. His, uh, yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. Yeah, none I of it. I love all of his books. Like every one of those yeah. is golden. Yeah. He was this very Renaissance man in all the different. His, his medical books are great. Oh yeah, like, he's he's great. Andromeda Strain. Mm-hmm. Kind of a slow movie by today's standards, but uh, uh, what's the one about the nanobot? Nanobot is it called Nano? Uh, I know which one you're talking about, but I don't. I, I, I don't read. It. I don't know. Like I, I cry the day he died. Cause... But Michael Crichton did not write the APG. In case anybody's wondering, <laughs> no, uh, we got on a particular <laughs> tangent there. We, 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 Brad, did you find that elven right, right. feet you were so looking for? I, I found the elven feet, and this might be something I take. I don't know. It's called Martial Experience. It's a fifth level elven feat. You cross blade with a wide variety of foes. Uh, wielding a wide variety of weapons, and you've learned the basics of fighting with nearly any of them. When wielding a weapon you aren't proficient with, treat your level as your proficiency bonus. At 11th level, you're trained. You become trained in all weapons. No, oh, nice. Now, nice. as a fighter, I've gotten most of that shit. Yeah, but I, you know, like not the weird racial stuff. Yeah, like all the exotic weapons. Yeah. So yeah. if level 11, I could just be like. Yeah, if it exists, I can kill with it. So I mean, that, that is pretty badass. It's a very Roddy thing. Whereas a lot of like the feats that I saw <laughs> in this book aren't really Roddy esque. Amazing shit for fighters. It's just this build is such a core rule book build that mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think there's anything else I can take from it. The main thing that stood out for me for Alchemist was the poisoner, uh, yeah, archetype or subclass, whatever. I can't remember what they call it, but I. It's been a while, but I, I. Feel like I recall that being a thing in the playtest that didn't come out in the uh, yeah they had book. and they I had could a little be more wrong about that. No, there was some but more in there that showed up at one point, and you could definitely like there's some stuff in there like you could definitely get a blowgun, some darts, make some poison on those things, and just go to town and probably fuck someone up pretty good if they don't roll like Jesus for their saves. Rich, <laughs> just call me Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, I, I will uh, mention this isn't something related to class, but um, I, well, <laughs> that's good because we don't have any. Oh, you hey. like school on Saturday? No class. Um, <laughs> thank you, fat <laughs> <laughs> Uh Shit. What were? Oh, we're talking. Oh, yeah. So, so anyway, um, so m- one of the most exciting things for me is is uh, to see Cobalt uh, elevated to a, uh, a, a playable character mm-hmm. uh, again because uh, I, I mean I enjoy. 
uh, some people around this table may have had the pleasure of playing with my goblins. Uh, boy, do I enjoy playing a kobold, man. Oh, my. I, I love them so much, and I don't know why, really, but um, in my mind, all kobolds speak with an Eastern European accent, and uh, <laughs> uh, they like to bring the fire, obsessed with dragons, and, you know, just squirrely little bastards. And um, I, I'm looking forward to playing one. And Sounds like you campaign. might have a backup character, finally. Well, you, you never know. <laughs> uh, um, I'd like to. Yeah, I, 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 we'll have to see about that. So, uh, you know, I've theorycrafted all these ideas with this campaign and, and the world of having other, like, mini campaigns and spin-off things if I ever get around to writing them. And one of the ideas um, is that now there are kobolds uh, breeding and inhabiting Faradon because, you know, they mm -hmm. get turned loose by the pirates there. Right. And there's an entire campaign where a group of, like, first-level adventurers essentially get sent out to... Uh, a, <laughs> Kobold Slayer. Well, that's what they sent out to do, but they end up like you end up making peace with the kobolds, and you know that that's the idea is that they let them you in the end game is to try to get a sustainable kobold community that's cooperative. Mm -hmm, but like mm -hmm. you get sent out to hunt and slay kobolds, and over the course of the campaign, it turns into this more diplomatic. Oh, hey, maybe we shouldn't kill them and live in peace kind of mm -hmm. uh, situation. So I dig it, no. man. I'd play that. Yeah. Ran no. a kingmaker game or some shit like that happened. Mm -hmm. Rip and tear until the job is done. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's also some new equipment in the uh, in the APG. Oh, there's some good stuff. I will we I'll ever see honest. it, Rich? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I'll be honest with you. I lost sight of everything else when I saw it. a cane sword was an option. <laughs> so now, like, there's a there's a couple of archetypes in the book, like. Um, that actually kind of fit a, a certain different play style of the game that I think Dandy. is really interesting. Dandy with a cane sword? Like, come on! Dandy was great. Yeah. It's a very interesting because at first glance I was like, what? that seems kind of weird. But it's got all this stuff. It, that one and uh, is it like Socialite or something similar yeah. to that? Um, celebrity. Uh, actually Celebrity. Maybe that was it. There's, there's stuff in there that actually supports a more like pulled back, longer term. Yeah, if like rest might be a, a week kind of thing. Like longer term almost like a social aspect of a game. Yeah, they're very mm -hmm. much for like an urban campaign, but they yes. would be great in a city group. Yes. And or I think that's really interesting. Fish out of water in the jungle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, at the very beginning when I was, you know, when, when the <clears throat> character concept for Father Becker was a bit more nebulous, that was part of the aspect that I was going for a bit more was that, uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, you know, he can get into a fight and, and so forth and all that. And he knows his way around, but um, he's not a wilderness kind of guy. And then, uh, of course, we get thrown into it. And, <laughs> and then there you are. Yeah. I know, Gavin, you really like the uh, dueling cape, didn't you? The dueling oh, cape is fun. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what's it do? I forget. I um, so uh, it functions similar to um, the one of the uh, swashbucklers' abilities where, because uh, the swashbuckler is all about using uh, charisma for deception and mm -hmm. things like that. So it allows you to get a bonus to your deception, like, and you use it like a shield. Mm -hmm. Oh, so temporarily you get a bonus um, to your, I believe it's a plus one to your AC and you get a bonus to your deception check for your panache. That's pretty cool. But it's, but it's also just, I mean, mm -hmm. it's a freaking duelist cape. That yeah, looks yeah. cool. Yeah. Right. You it's could, cool thematically. It's yeah. another one of those where you could even use it on other classes. So let's say you just want, mm -hmm. I'm just a fighter, but we're like, I'm going to the ball and carrying in your shield is you know, like maybe they're going to let you bring in your dueling saber, but not your shield, obviously. Mm -hmm, uh, but you can wear your dueling cape, and something goes wrong. You whip that thing around mm -hmm. and use that in lieu of. Mm -hmm. What a what a great what a great idea! So there's just a lot of options overall. I think that we were, were very excited to see. Yeah, um, I I feel like the archetypes in this book really flesh out 
the concept of taking dedications that like it's almost like the multi-class dedications flirted with the concept and then the APG brought it home. Like it feels almost essential to the system in a way. Like it is a, a secondary book, but it adds so much to that core mechanic of the dedication feats. It really, the options becomes exponential at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, the core rule book, that was some, one of the criticisms that they, they thought that people didn't think there was a lot of options available there. And that might've been somewhat true, but it is the core rule book. Yeah. It's meant to just give you the basics. And then the APG really does just take that to the extreme. Uh, but I do like that, you know, as, as Sean was kind of uh, alluding to, I mean, you know, you can do core rule book all day long and have plenty of options, plenty mm-hmm. of fun. There's plenty of good stuff there. The APG there, I really didn't see hardly any power creep. I mean, almost anything adds a certain degree of power creep. There's no way to keep adding content and not get some, but man, it is almost imperceptible. Yeah, there's there's only, I think there's only one that we've all talked about being a standout as far as, as far as strong feed options in that scout. And other than that, nothing nothing else really stands out to me as like, boy, that's a little busted, and that seems like it overshadows everything else. Yeah, and even then, Scout's not going to be one of those where it just breaks a game. Right, like, I talk about it being great on a rogue, like, mm-hmm. but obviously it's good on certain classes, but, like, the faint option. Oh, yeah. Rogues have stuff for that, but no one else that I can think of has a thing where, like, oh, yeah, if you faint, it's more effective for it, you know, the rest of your turn, or until the start of your next turn, and stuff like that so all in all i, I think it's considered other than the core the first must have splat yes book. i would like, say so like you need to get this book it's well worth the money yeah um i would we highly recommend it so run out grab the apg or buy the pdf if that's mm-hmm. your thing you can get the i love that paizo still does the uh full book or you can do the one file per chapter mm-hmm. that's kind of hot so grab the APG and look at the new options. There's great stuff if you haven't already. Paizo, you can send uh, the physical copies to the Adventures Vault podcast. <laughs> and what's the address for that, Richard? Um, you know, just put them in the, the mail system knows. This was so exactly. popular. Yeah, I was gonna you say. can just drop it off at any post office if any of them still exist. And um, <laughs> they'll, they'll make sure it gets to us. I've heard they're thinking about giving us our own zip code because of the volume of it, it, fan mail. They should. They really should. They're going to let us pick the number. We can take somebody else's zip code. Eight six seven five three zero nine. Yes. It's too many numbers, but screw it. There are no rules anymore. It's ours now. 69, 69, 69. <laughs> That's six. Yes. yes. Six, nine, four, two. Oh. How many 69s is that? That's uh, not enough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>